Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 376. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offers for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprincing.com where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 376. Last October, I co-hosted a Connecticut area Slow Flowers meetup at Trout Lily Farm in Guilford, outside New Haven. And the following month, I spoke at the New England Farmer Florist Connections meetup in Providence. Both times I met and enjoyed my conversations with today's guests, and I love that they agreed to share their story with listeners of the Slow Flowers podcast today. Please meet Nancy Hilton and Kate Brunson, a super creative mother-daughter duo who have combined their love of natural beauty, design, and celebrations to create a family business that serves wedding and event clients in Connecticut and beyond. I loved reading Maple and Mum's origin story on their studio's website, and I have to share it here with you. They said, The idea was born on a cold winter afternoon as Kate was preparing to return to her 9-to-5 office job after the birth of her daughter in 2012. Searching for a more meaningful, creative career that supported more time with her growing family, Kate asked her mom for advice. Nancy recalled her years working in their small-town flower shop while her girls were in grade school, and she told Kate it was the best job she ever had because the hours flew by while she worked with her hands creating art through flowers. That spark led to research, floral design courses, and finally to our Slow Flowers podcast, where my weekly stories of farmers and florists growing and designing with local flowers convinced the women to take the leap and open their own floral design business in May of 2015. Their name, Maple and Mom, stems from the roots they've planted in New England and the maple tree they had in every place they've called home. One seedling from Nancy's childhood home has moved with them as life has taken the family from place to place. And the mom, an homage to their favorite season and motherhood. Inspired by the changing seasons, Maple and Mom proudly partners with local growers to create lush organic designs. What I found so encouraging about the Maple and Mum story is how Nancy and Kate are growing their design business to support their desired lifestyle. Surprisingly, but perhaps not so surprisingly, because talented women are capable of accomplishing so much when they set their minds to a challenge, both Nancy and Kate work in full-time jobs. That Maple and Mum designed florals for 17 wedding ceremonies in 2018 is mind-blowing. Congratulations, ladies. Hear how they juggle everything, rely on one another and the rest of their family for support, and about their long-term plans 
which means leaving the nine to five routine for full-time floral design in the near future. You'll also be inspired by Maple and Mom's commitment to sourcing local and seasonal flowers from Connecticut farms, and when that's not possible, how they turn to domestic sourcing farther away. Be sure to visit DebraPrinzing.com to see and read today's show notes for episode 376, where you'll find photos and links to all of Maple and Mom's social places. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am so excited today to introduce Nancy Hilton and Kate Brunson, uh, owners of Maple and Mum, and they're a mother-daughter duo uh, who have a really fun business in Connecticut. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Kate. Hi, Deborah. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Uh, we're, we're recording over Skype, so we got a quick glance at each other before we turn the video off, uh, but... I have wonderful photos from our time together last year uh, at the Slow Flowers Meetup in Connecticut at Trout Lily Farm, where we first met. Right, right. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That was like about this time last year, right? Maybe a little yeah. early October? Yep, yes, it was. Yeah, I remember going under that gourd tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And uh, actually, Michael Russo hosted that, and he uh, record. we recorded an interview uh, for the podcast uh, during that trip. So uh, some people may recognize the the, the name Trout Lily Farm. Uh, but today we're going to talk about Maple and Mom. And um, I have, I really have enjoyed meeting you and your love your enthusiasm for all things slow as floral designers. But you have such an incredible story of having a basically creating a family business. Who wants to give us a little snapshot uh, which one of you wants to start and give us a snapshot of Maple and Mom? It always has to be Nancy. I cry every time, so I'm gonna have her start this. Yes, this is Nancy. I'm the I'm the mom half of Maple and Mom, and uh, Kate's obviously my daughter. And uh, it all started back in 2013. Kate had just given birth to her first daughter, and she was still an infant, and she, Kate was headed back to her 9-to-5 job. It was a cold winter day, and she was, I remember sitting in her living room, and she was nursing the baby, and she did not want to go back to work. And um, she said to me, Mom, what was the best job that you ever had that really made you want to go to work and really, you know, really made you happy? And I said, well... The best job I ever had was at the flower shop. Um, I worked in our the flower shop in our small hometown while the kids, I have four kids, and when they were all in school, I worked there part-time. And the hours just flew by, and um, I enjoyed it so much. It didn't seem like work at all. And uh, when I told that to Kate, a little light bulb went off in her head, I think, and she, she just took it and ran with it. And she started researching... Um, flower floral designing online and she came across the slow flowers movement and <laughs> the rest is history she, oh my gosh that's crazy she really um i've not missed a podcast i think she hasn't missed a podcast. <laughs> you know what uh, you have one um you have a soul brother uh down in um maryland uh with, with the Wrightfield farm and uh and so you and David uh, need to connect and be like the loyal listeners. I love that. <laughs> um, what, Kate, what were you doing professionally at the time? 
Um, well, I have been and still am working full time. Um, I'm an administrative assistant for um, I work for like for a large manufacturer. Okay. Okay. And and, uh, and then um, and we'll talk a little bit about your how you're juggling all of this. But do you remember when you were a kid that your mom worked at the flower shop? Yeah, I do. She was always home. She was always um, able to get us to soccer practice and get us off the bus and. Um, she was always there and, um, but always had like her own little, her own little part-time job, um, mm -hmm. to kind of have her own thing. And mm -hmm. I remember her, I can re still remember seeing pictures of, um, flower arrangements she would do in the yard with the things that she had cut. And, um, it just, I, I didn't realize then that it was like a, a creative outlet for her that, sure. that really meant something. And was this, was this in Connecticut? Did, did were you raised in Connecticut? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we've always been here. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nancy. Right in the same area. We live in the New Haven area. Okay, great. And right now, um, Maple and Mom, on your website, you say you're based in Branford, Connecticut. So that's sort of in the New Haven area. Right. Cool. Okay, so you revealed this, you know, happy passion to Kate. And um, Nancy, are you working outside of the floral business also? Yes, I, I also have uh, a full-time nine-to-five job. Um, I work at a, a, a local Ivy League university that you may have heard of. <laughs> um, and uh, I hope to retire in a, in a year or so. And then I'll be able to dedicate a lot more time to Maple and Mom because it's very tough uh, trying to do what we do and give the level of service that we want to give to our clients. And, you know, we're still holding down full-time jobs and Kate has two little children. So I'm right. hoping to return next year. Well, it's inspiring. And I think maybe this is going to be really encouraging for people who are trying to maybe make a career career shift or um, turn something that they did part-time into a full-time. I mean, the fact that you have cranked out so many beautiful weddings that you have, um, you know, featured on your website and your galleries and, um, and then to hear how you're doing it, it makes me uh, have a serious appreciation for what you're what you're sacrificing to have a family business together. It's impressive. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, okay, so Miss Kate uh, was inspired by her mom. She started doing some research online, trying to figure out what, how would I break, what, how you would break into the flower industry or the floral design part of the industry, or like, what led you to the idea of working in the slow world? Well, when she first said the whole flower thing, I was like, well, I, di I didn't know what that would mean for me. Could I, could I work in a flower shop? Like I didn't know really anything about weddings and events and how that all worked. Um, but as I started listening to the podcast and I heard about the flower farmers and the farmer florists and, um, I just really got so into it. And, and as I started searching out for, um, farmers in my area, they have like really come out of the woodwork even more in the last two mm -hmm. years, but you, you probably know muddy feet. Um, and you know, those are some of our first contacts and, um, yeah, I just got so inspired by hearing so many people all ac across the country doing this that I thought, well, I've got to get in, I've got to be a part of it. I've, I've always, I have a sister who's a farmer up in Maine and, um, I've been, you know, very supportive of, 
uh, like we've always been part of a CSA and mm-hmm. going to markets. And so it's always been something that I've definitely been interested in. And then, um, you know, I just was inspired and we got a friend to let us do, do her wedding. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's usually how it starts, right? You do one and you're like, wow, I think I could do this. And then we just, we've taken every class we could find, um, you know, that we could afford and that we had time for. And we've just kind of gone slow. I think, I think that is a big part of, uh, the success for us is that, you know, we have not been discouraged by slow growth. We, mm-hmm. we know that we have, um, we have obligations and, um, you know, I, I, my kids come first and supporting our, our family and my husband's a wonderful. Um, but you know, I can't, I wasn't ready to just say, I'm going to go do this. I really wanted to know that when I'm ready to quit my full-time job and go, uh, full-time with this, that I, that it's really something I can sustain. Right. So I think that, um, it's been really hard to <laughs> keep myself, um, on that fine line there, but growing slow and, and kind of doubling our growth every year has been the plan and sticking to the plan is proving to be pretty, pretty, uh, a good idea, pretty much a good idea for us. So. So what did you actually uh, name the business and, and open, you know, get a business license and open your open your business? Was it after you did that friend's wedding or like <laughs> what year was that? Yeah. So we didn't really become um, a business until 2015. Okay. Uh, we got our, our license and to, gosh, coming up with a name was, was the hardest part. But um, we did all that in, in 2015 and we had a, a handful of weddings that year. And then, you know, we've, like I said, doubled, kind of doubled our, our volume every year. And we've gone from small weddings to kind of big, um, much bigger weddings this year that we've taken on and more than one in one weekend and, you know, that kind of thing. So um, it's definitely been something that you kind of have to only take off what you really or, or bite off what you know you can chew because right. Right. Um, it, it really is such I, I it's such a big responsibility the way I see it. Um what we provide to these brides, I feel so connected to them. And I, I, the service part of it is really important to me. I want them to, um, just know that we've got it. We're taking care of them from the minute that we meet them all the way through to the end. And then hopefully afterward, we have such nice relationships with so many clients and watching them have babies now. And it's, you know, it's, it's special to me yeah. and every brother that, that we have. Wow. And so this is, you're just kind of wrapping up like your fourth season. It sounds like for, uh, wow. Um, I I'm sitting here just thinking like, there's literally no way a single person could achieve what you've achieved without a lot of money, but to, to, to at least have a business partner, Moreover, um, you know, a, someone you love and have known your whole lives, that um, probably is your secret to success. It's just like, you know, one of you might be exhausted while the other one has energy or one of you is, you know, struggling and, and the other is encouraging and like you kind of keep a, it's, you keep each other going, it sounds like. Definitely. 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 My mom like has just been so supportive of the whole thing. Like she, she probably doesn't want two jobs or to think <laughs> of a retirement job, but you know, she's been so, um, supportive of this the whole time and just really wants to see this succeed for me, I think. And, mm-hmm. um, she's been great. And mm-hmm. I let her go to bed early and I stay up all night. <laughs> <'cause-> <laughs> How it is. Um, Not- Nine o'clock is the bewitching hour for me for bridal bouquets. That's it. 
So Nancy, what was it a long time ago that you worked at that flower shop? I mean, like, were you teaching Kate how to wire roses and how to make a boutonniere? And like, were you dredging up all those skills that you had maybe yeah. set aside? Yeah. Yes, I'm the one who knows all those mechanics. I'm, you know, you know the taping and the wiring and the, um, you know the the flower food and all of that. How to revive the hydrangea and all that. So, <laughs> yes, I'm the one who knows how to, who you know, who knew how to do all that. Yeah, stuff. Which kind of gave you a jump start. You weren't starting out of from scratch watching YouTube videos. You had you had this toolbox you could draw from when you started right. the business. Right. There's still so much that we're still learning, though. Every single time we do a wedding or event, we learn from some mistake that we made. It's it's a constant uh, uh, learning curve. It really is. Well, it's like what you're doing, and it sounds like you pretty much you know your mark, you know your business, and that is weddings and events. It sounds like that's your core, your core yeah. business, your biggest pie, piece of your pie, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um. So. Knowing that, then it seems like you're able to um, tailor what you offer, tailor what you, you know, manage that, as Kate was saying, manage that, that growth and often anticipate things because you, you people are booking you way in advance for weddings, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, it's been, it's been, um, yeah, every, every time I say something like, okay, mom, so... <laughs> this one we're going to be doing an installation of like on a tree. And she's like, Oh, what have you gotten? <laughs> no, I know we can handle it. I've seen this, you know, <laughs> I've watched a video or you know, so, but yeah, we practice everything and yeah. we, we only take on what, what we're confident in, but um, thank God for all the podcasts that we've heard and all the, the new tutorials that, designers are putting out right, there right like the internet has sort of made it possible to yeah. to yeah. get this education that you maybe wouldn't have known of you know by Absolutely. going to the library yeah so um kate you mentioned that coming up with the name was a challenge how did you come up with maple and mom it's such a cute name and and the logo is a, a maple leaf with a kind of a mum superimposed on it right yes yes, yes. isn't that we love our logo <laughs> i do too it's so cute um, so, well, we came, we came up with the name because we really wanted it to be, um, rooted it here where we are in New England. And so, um, maple, the maple tree, um, we started out at my mother's was your, your, my grandmother's house had a maple tree. And, uh, when my parents, uh, built the house that I grew up in, she Sent, she took a seedling from that tree and planted it there. And now that's like a huge maple tree, oh, but wow. kind of taken little babies of that tree to all of our homes since then. So it's mm, been mm. Um, part of our family tradition. And so that felt right. And then the mom we loved just because of our relationship and kind of um, also tying in like a feeling of um, autumn in New England. Mm -hmm. And just mm -hmm. if those two kind of felt right together. That's charming. <laughs> And it's alliterative too. I mean, there's a lot of there's just a lot of warm fuzzies that come from hearing that name. So, how did you zero in on weddings when you first started? Like, what, I know you said you, uh, you you talked to friend into letting you do flowers for her wedding, but uh, did that just become an obvious opportunity that that you thought you could enter? Yes, I, um, we definitely did lots of research. I knew I, you know, with working a full time job, I, I couldn't go into retail. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the idea of daily delivery. Mm -hmm. Um, and I 
really liked that um, there was more of a design element to weddings. You know, there's, um, there's so much that you can do differently every week and with, you know, you can influence um, color choices and that kind of thing. So it felt really, um, and more special to me. It felt mm. like we were part of something that was really important to someone. Um, and so I really loved the idea of that where I sit at a desk all day and, you know, I kind of like, I don't see the outside. <laughs> I just really was craving um, to be creative and to bring joy to someone um, that I don't get every day, you know? So yeah. it, it really was like fulfilling in, in that way for me. Mm-hmm. And Nancy, is that, is that how it's been for you? I mean, cause it, working in retail, like a retail brick and mortar flower shop, you probably had an experience of doing everything under the yes. sun. Yes. Um, I knew that wasn't the direction that we should go in. First of all, we didn't have a, you know, we didn't have a, uh, a retail uh, storefront. Mm-hmm. We don't have space. Uh, we work out of our home and um, we don't keep a, you know, we're ready supply of uh, an inventory of flowers on, t- you know, right. on, you know, at all times. So I knew that the special events and we do some special events, but it's mainly weddings. And I knew that was the direction we, we should go in. That's cool. Um, okay. So you've, you've started to the business, you've kind of focused on weddings and some events and, you know, having this real high level of service and relational, you know, kind of client experiences. (laughs) And then you added this layer of your sourcing philosophy. And I'm really curious. I mean, obviously, I would like to think that listening to the Slow Flowers podcast week in and week out, you couldn't avoid thinking about it. But um, tell me about that. We really never um, had a relationship with a wholesaler at all from the at the beginning. Like we made it a point that we were going to differentiate ourselves by being the slow flowers choice. Um, and so I never like, we have one or two wholesale relationships now because we do take on, um, a few things in the winter months. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I have had, I I like to have a backup for, you know, if someone really wants some bloom that I can't get locally. Um, but really, initially we started off as like, this is the only way to go. And I was like, Whoa, this is really hard. Mm -hmm. I just set myself up for, um, something that is going to be nearly impossible to achieve. (laughs) Right. Like what a hurdle, even especially four or five years ago. I mean that you had to kind of commit to a lot of research and a lot of cold calling and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We were, um, searching farms uh, we were searching for farms everywhere we could um and it seems so different now where there's you know all these meetups happening and um veggie farmers that are picking up uh flowers now and it's just it's so encouraging because at the beginning it really was a struggle and um you know at the time we didn't have as many weddings as we do now and so you know i really would jump through hoops to get flowers um, but really the relationships that we have now and, and the, the network here, it's really, really, really improving. And there's so many more uh, growers and designers that are working with with local products that it's mm-hmm. just, I only see it growing. So it's it's awesome. 
When we met last year at, at the Slothars meetup in Connecticut that, that Trout Lily uh, hosted, uh, when I remember you telling me that you were kind of on this treasure hunt to identify as many farms that you could uh, do business with as possible. And then since then, I've, I've heard that there is this a little bit of a coordinated effort going on in Connecticut. I don't know any more than that, but is that, have, has there been other gatherings or is there a way that people share information? Um, yeah, we have had a few gatherings. Um, Haley at Eddie farm mm -hmm. she is um, really a great networker. She, um, has been amazing to me in our business and uh, I, I couldn't have done this without her. Um, but she has had, like I said, had a few meetups at her farm and I've met other people through her and other designers, which is really nice because, um, you know, we follow each other, but it, I was a little um, intimidated, you know, what are, what are the designers like here? Is it, are we, you know, but they've been amazing and, and it's been such a joy to finally meet everyone in person. And um, it sounds like there's also um, Evelyn from Butternut yep. Farm. She's Gardens. She's been on before. She's working on um, a project also. So I'm not really sure where that is right now, but uh, I think that we – go ahead. It, no, you're right. She reached out to me last week, and I uh, we I sent her an email, and I, I better follow up with her because I, I just – that's all I know, too, is that there's going to be some kind of um, – workshop or something in in the Connecticut area that's somehow she's involved with so to yeah, be con yeah. to be continued on that front right. yeah um so Nancy and Kate how many roughly how many farms are you able to source from for your your you know special events and weddings um on a regular basis there's about four or five that we um source from for uh, regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's also other, other growers that are a little bit farther than uh, from us that, uh, once it's a full-time gig for us, we'll certainly be able to make the trip, I mm -hmm. think, to places a little bit like, uh, where we met at the New England, um, with, at the Floral Reserve mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like so many other growers that are not that far from us that we haven't, um, really made the trip out that way because we we've been keeping it right in Connecticut while we can. Sure. And, um, what you're referring to is the, the event that, uh, we, the second event we saw each other at last fall, which was at the new England floor. Florist. What is it called? The farmer florist connect connection or something. Yeah. 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 Debbie Bosworth is, is sort of the, the chief guru, uh, diva on that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, which makes, you're right. Like New England is an even bigger pool from which to draw. But the issue again is probably your time and transportation for you in terms of getting that product, right? That's, a, that's exactly. the biggest hurdle. We can spend all day, you know, driving around, uh, picking up product from one farm to the other. Yeah. Is, is that Nancy? Yes. So how are you doing it now? Are the farmers, uh, are the farms just close enough that it's, it's not an issue or are you, are they, is, do you meet halfway or like, how do you do it? Uh, it, it really depends. Um, sometimes if, I, if there's something that I know I need from a particular grower, um, I'll make a trip or we'll meet halfway. Um, but Haley uh, has been really great with deliveries this year. And so she on her route will, pick up something 
and and kind of bring it down my way if there's something in another part of the state that I need. Oh wow! Um, oh, wow. So she, like I said, I couldn't do it without her. She she's really been um, amazing because she really knows that I'm so dedicated to um, sourcing as much as I can locally. Yeah, I mean that makes sense because you're telling the Connecticut cut flower industry story then through those partnerships with with Eddie Farm and Muddy Feet and some of these other farms that that you've kind of developed this rapport and this trust level with. Um, okay, so you know there's a lot of ways to measure success. You said you've been you've doubled every year. Is that more in the quantity or maybe the size of the weddings? Like, for example, how many weddings did you, do you even remember how many you did this year? Or is it all a blur? Um, I think we are 17 this year. Oh my gosh, you guys, that's crazy. Are, is it just the two of you or are you able to hire freelancers to help? We do have one freelancer that we've been using um, on some of our bigger events. And, but usually it's just us. Mm, right. And I drag my little sister to do installations too. <laughs> and then your husband's doing the childcare while you guys are off with the wedding, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so you had just had baby number one when you decided to do this and now you have baby number two. How old are your kids? My daughter just turned six Okay. and my son is two. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. We'll see. Strong women can do anything. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> totally convinced of it. Now, can you run for Congress next year? That would just make it all. <laughs> but he's doing it. I guess I could. <laughs> Maybe Nancy can run for Senate and you can run for Congress. That would just help everybody. Um, so there's something really cool that you did this year that uh, is visually engaging and enticing. And I don't know much about it, but you um, added... I guess you call it flowers on wheels. And can you talk a little bit about your new facet of your business? Yes. <clears throat> yes. We um, procured a uh, 1996 uh, Utilimaster step van. And, um, <laughs> to be specific. <laughs> we got it on Craigslist. And uh, it's an old postal van. Oh, okay. Uh, we got it all fixed up. We, um, it was in good mechanical shape, so we didn't have to do anything there, but we got a nice paint job and we have our logo put on and we have a window put in. And, um, my granddaughter calls it the maple and mum mobile. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and, uh, we just launched it this past spring and then we kind of jumped into the wedding season. So, um, we're still, we're still trying to figure out everything that we're going to do with it, but it's, it's really our attempt to connect with the local community a little bit more since we don't have a brick and mortar store. And a lot of our brides do come from out of the area. Um, our local community, um, you know, they, they don't know about us mm. maybe as much as we would like them to. So we're, um, we're hoping to get it on the road for, uh, private events, um, uh, festivals and, uh, you know, partner with local businesses, coffee shops and, and breweries and wineries. And, um, Kate is planning to grow a lot more of our own flowers next year. So we're hoping in the spring and summer that she'll be on the road with the truck. Oh my goodness. So what's the inside like? Is it, um, I've just love, I've seen the photos of the outside, but I'm just curious, how do you, how do you use it? 
Well, the inside has shelving that was already installed because it was a postal van. So it has these shelves that kind of drop up and down. Mm -hmm. Uh And um, it's really uh, quite efficient. And um, it's big in the back. And uh, we just kind of load our buckets up and we had that window installed. So we put lighting in there and um, it holds a lot of a lot of uh, buckets of flowers. Do you now? Are you going to use this as sort of like doubling as your delivery truck when you go to weddings and events? Oh yeah, it came in handy this summer. We would have had to rent a truck several times over the summer, so it's been awesome for that. Oh my gosh, it's like a traveling billboard. What a smart marketing idea! I love it. Yeah. So crazy when we pull up, they're like, whoa. <laughs> We've had people stop us on the road and say, we love your truck because it's really pretty. I hope people will look at it on our website. Um, it's a pretty kind of baby blue color. It's 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 really quite adorable. We have to figure out how to um, refrigerate it, however, mm. because it gets very hot back there. We delivered a wedding um, this July, and I kept sending my other daughter to the back to make sure the flowers weren't wilting because it gets very hot back there. Yeah. So we have to figure out something about that. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure there's some kind of like small refrigeration gizmo mm-hmm. that you could you could hook up. But I just think visually it sounds like a lot of fun, and it the the side window sounds like you know kind of like an old ice cream truck. And I know other people yes. have done versions of, uh, you know mobile flower units and um you know i think your idea of using it as a marketing device or my marketing tool but then also building that local following is pretty yes. pretty neat unique that you've been able to identify that's how you plan on using it yes mm-hmm. and i think i'm pretty sure we're the first in connecticut to <laughs> get a truck on the road so uh, we're very excited about it who drives it we both do <laughs> is it like a is it a stick shift no, oh, thank God. God. Oh, my God. I'm just picturing, like, grinding gears and all. Okay, that I think that sounds doable. Um, and I'm just curious, if you found it on Craigslist, like, who was selling it? The post office or the postal service? Or somebody had bought it in the interim, like, as a, a I don't know, yeah. through a sale? Yeah there's a, yeah, there's a guy. It seems to be his little specialty. He, buy, he goes to these postal auctions, auctions and he buys these... Uh, van you know step vans because you know of course the food truck market is is huge oh right there's a huge food truck um market uh here in new haven and uh so uh, that's his main uh customer base mm-hmm. i think uh-huh. but, yeah so he's the guy this mm-hmm. we just found craigslist <laughs> yeah we, we went and looked at like four trucks and none of them were exactly what we want we said well here's kind of what we're thinking this size and here's what we're using it for and he kind of came back and the next week and said, I found the right one for you. So it was, it was awesome. Oh, how cool. Oh, that's really, that's really neat. And it's so, it, and you didn't have to compete with a food business for the, you know, get into a bidding war or anything like that. Right. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like also you're using this for, as you said, like partnering with local businesses and all, but is this something you'll use then to teach workshops from? Cause I noticed you had some, you have some workshops listed on your website, even for the holidays coming up. Like how, that's an, I know that's not as big as the weddings, but it sounds like that's a growing part of Maple and Mom. Yeah, we love the teaching aspect of it. I remember when I was a kid, we would always have um, a wreath party at my aunt's house. And um, 
people would, all our friends would gather around and we would cut all the greenery. And I just, we said, we have to bring that as part of the business. We have to share that sort of, that like DIY, Mm -hmm. make it yourself and connect with the landscape. And, um, so we, we started with wreath classes and we've done, you know, all kinds of centerpieces and crowns and it's really fun. It's a really great way for us to, um, like mom said earlier about, feeling like connecting with people outside of the wedding industry. It's, it's been a really nice way for us to meet other people locally. And, um, it's also great to partner with businesses. We've done, um, many classes at, uh, a local winery and, um, like a paint studio. We have one coming up at a brewery in town. And so it's, I just love, uh, partnering with other small businesses. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's smart because they are using it as a marketing tool to bring these florists in to do a workshop I'm sure and um so you're kind of cross cross promoting to each other's customer base right 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 wow very fun do you wear like matching aprons that say maple and mama what's that yes Yes, we do it was was my Christmas gift last year oh that's great so um You know, we talked a little bit about your sense of um, kind of organically growing this business and not biting off more than you can chew. Um, I wonder what kind of advice you can give to people about how you do balance uh, having a young family, Kate, and then Nancy, you know, how having, you know, grandma, grandmother duties as well as a full time job. Like any advice that you would give to people who are who feel overwhelmed and who think that they couldn't possibly do it. I mean, I, I think it's encouraging to hear a story, but there's, there's probably a lot of tears as well, um, as well as laughter. Yeah, there definitely is. I think um, for me, it's when I, I always go back to that first thought when I was holding my, my newborn and thinking, I just can't imagine leaving you to go to a job that I don't really love. Yeah. That doesn't make your heart sing. Right. And so I, all this time it has been, um, a, a slow step toward that. I, mm-hmm. I know that now she just started school and I'm, I'm, I'm just so, um, wanting to be there to get her off the bus mm-hmm. and be at her soccer games. And I really don't want to have to ask for permission anymore to, um, go to a Halloween parade at school. And, right. you know, I just, so I keep, keep that in the back of my mind that um, the right time will come and I'll know when it is. Um, I'll know when I feel confident that, that I can continue to support my family by doing what I love. And um, I'm, I've not been discouraged yet um, that it's been slow because I feel like I would have given up had I, quit my job and, you know, on to a wedding and the, it, it blew up in my face because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So I think that going slow and really learning, um, learning as you go, it's, it's, it's so valuable. And I, I haven't been discouraged yet. And so I, I think if you really dream, if your dream is that big, you'll, you'll find your way there. So mm-hmm. I hope that if anybody out there has that, has that feeling that, that there's something else out there for them, just, keep going. Right. And you're already doing that kind of visioning. In fact, it's not even a, a vision board. It's, it's a reality because you're, you're in the business, you're, you're working with flowers, you, you're developing client relationships. You have this 
reputation that you're you're building in your community and in the larger kind of destination wedding world. And so it's just a matter of getting scaling it it's to to the where it can support you uh, financially uh, and replace what you're making in this sort of day job, right? Yeah, and uh, and having your mom Nancy uh, as your partner has got to make it a little bit more. I don't know, more joyous than, you know, in terms of like your communication style, you probably would be talking every day, even if you weren't working together. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Nancy, what do you, any advice do you want to share about this? Um, (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I think, um, for me, uh, we have, uh, I, th- I think the best advice I would give someone is um, not to be too hard on yourself mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, kind of let the designs just kind of naturally uh, come together and um, don't be too much of a perfectionist because then you'll drive yourself crazy because the flowers that we have, um, that we get from our local Farmers are so great. You don't, I mean, they just speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I would say, uh, don't try and, if you're thinking about doing anything with this, you know, don't try and be too much of a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And um, that leads me to want to ask you about your aesthetic. Do you have um, a single look or like, how do you describe the Maple and Mom aesthetic uh, or why why are couples seeking you out and wedding parties seeking you out in terms of what you have, what your look is? Um, I think I have, I'm, I'm personally, I'm drawn to, uh, a garden inspired look, Yeah. but I find that with the, the local sourcing, we get a lot of requests for bold color and I'm really embracing it. And a planner had contacted us this year and it's like, sometimes you can't see what's right in front of you. And she's like, Oh, you guys are going to be perfect for this wedding. You use such great color. And, and here I am thinking like, that's not our niche, like, but you know, I'm really embracing it more and more because it's true that there's just so much beautiful color that is um, not typical in many of the blush and white wedding <laughs> right so we can be that answer I'm so excited because I get so jazzed to use more color so um I, I hope that that becomes our our look oh, I, would I like love that. that I like yeah. that idea too because it, it it is a I think there is a little bit of shift going on in the wedding industry in terms of palette uh but there's still uh a lot of sameness uh in that's a little bit more neutral so it's it, it's it's fun to be the color the colorful girls i love that idea yeah <laughs> i like it too right. and um then kind of as we're leading into the fall and you i know you've got these a uh, number of wreath uh, and holiday workshops once you get through the end of the year will you give yourselves a little bit of a break in the like first part of the year or is that when you have to start meeting with with consultations yeah, usually, usually I have found that there's a little bit of break, but I'm already getting a lot of inquiries for next year, and um, that just that you just you're doing just as much work. I really believe in um, taking care of the clients up front, like because I don't want to ever stress that they're not going to be happy a hundred percent by the time we get to that day. Mm-hmm. So I really, um, I really try hard to provide incredible service in the, in the beginning stages. So yeah, it doesn't look like (laughs) 
to be much rest. And now that I'm thinking I'm going to garden more, it's like, oh. Well, this is Nancy. I'm going to Florida. <laughs> Good for you, Nancy. For how long? Uh, just a week, but, you know, possibly longer if I can. <laughs> One way ticket. Oh, yeah, you deserve it. You totally deserve it. Um, do you, when you're dealing with, like, roles in the business Kate it sounds like you're are you meeting with the the like the first consultation more often or how do you how do you share duties on that yeah we used to try to meet everyone together and it was this fun like sit and have coffee thing but that's just not practical these days with mm -hmm. so many more clients and so it's kind of like I I handle all of that and then um my mom I give her like a a debrief the week of the wedding and I'm like here's who here's our girl <laughs> Here's what you need to know about the couple. Like, you know, I kind of, it, it, I run through all, all the specifics with her, but yeah, I, I handle, um, you know, that's my day job as an administrative assistant. I kind of have the organization thing down. So right. I handle all that. <laughs> right. And then, and then on, on the production <laughs> side, that's where Nancy shines. It sounds like. Oh, big time. Yep. Big yeah. time. Very cool. She, all the processing and the bucket washing and you know, all that. Oh my gosh. And, um, when you're in production mode, you're probably fighting over who gets to make the bridal bouquet or who gets to do the, the flower crown or do you have your preferences? Yeah, we, we also have that pretty worked out. Like, <laughs> I do the bouquets and she does the boutonnieres and corsages and we have, um, we, we kind of, uh, share the, uh, centerpieces, but we've kind of yeah. got our division of labor down pretty good. I think. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Out. <laughs> until you get to, until the next thing happens, until you have to do some amazing uh, installation that you've never done before. But I know you'll tackle it because you, you just, you guys have such a positive attitude about this. Oh yeah. It's just such a joy. Like I can't, I can't imagine. We I, like every time say, can you believe we're working right now? <laughs> like this is, this is where at work right now. Like, cause going to work is really a drag. Yeah. 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 It's just, it doesn't ever feel like work to me. And that's just so amazing. That is such I, a I, gift. You want, you want that for your children too. And so for Nancy to see you have that, it's exactly. gotta feel so good. Cause you're going to want that for your, your children when they're older, just do what you find a way to do what you love. That, that seems like so mm -hmm. few, so few people are able to do that in, in this world. So that's wonderful. Yeah. We're bringing the little ones in early there. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. learning how to all this stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a three generation family business that I love it. Well, will you share photos of some of your um, favorite weddings from this year or previous years? And, and um, also that amazing truck and, uh, you know, of course, the two of you with your family. And uh, we'll put them in the show notes um, for today's episode at DebraPrinzing.com so people can get to know you a little bit better and, and hopefully follow you and, and follow your journey along after they've heard your story. Of course, we'd yes. love to. That's great. Anything I didn't ask you that we should definitely touch on before we wrap this up? Um, yeah, I just would like to thank you and every other podcast guest because, like I said before, we learn something every week at, at, at a wedding, and I learned something every week listening to this podcast. And I really feel like I know the people out there in this community and it's been so uplifting and encouraging and um, helpful to me in this journey. So thank you to all of you, all of you. 
That is so awesome. I thank you for saying that. That makes me so happy. And um, I tell you, you know, talk about doing what you love. This is one of the things I can't believe I get to do. And I always tell my uh, journalist friends, I should have gone into radio when I was in my 20s instead of print journalism because just talking is so much easier than trying to compose a sentence on a computer screen. But oh well. <laughs> I'm doing it now. <laughs> and it's all it's all related. It's all storytelling. So it, it's wonderful that I have so many, um, you know, I've, I've never run out of an amazing uh, list of, of people I want to interview you. And I've had you two on my wish list for a while. I think I put, put that on a comment this summer on Instagram. And I think you didn't take me seriously. But then <laughs> oh, I, this is really this is like I got to check off my bucket list. <laughs> All right. Well, we have this. We have this super listeners category, and um, no, no, you're going to be in that. Uh, I I hope I get to see you in person sometime in 2019 and visit what you're where you're where you're based and see that wonderful truck. And I didn't even really ask you to elaborate on what you're planning to grow, Kate. But I'm assuming you're you're talking about yes, like I, your residential I, garden, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I have um, three sweet little rose and I've already got some bulbs out there and we'll see my sister up in Maine I she does all my um seedlings and I can't even be I can't do that I don't have a greenhouse I don't have yeah light in my house so she she helps me with that so um that's awesome in-house farmer I love it (laughs) she's awesome oh that's very cool well what it will if if you want to share some garden photos we'll we'll uh I'd love to see them otherwise we'll just do that on we'll find another way to do that in at the peak of season next summer uh I'll get to get to share those that would be fun that sounds great thank you so much Deborah thank you both I just enjoyed this so much and um it's fun also to to talk with some with guests who I've met in person and uh I guess I feel like we're just continuing the conversation so thank you guys so much I loved it oh same to you you bye 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 joining me today. I love that Kate and Nancy want to be the Slow Flowers choice in their marketplace, and I'm super thankful to them for representing the business philosophy that I value so deeply. America's Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and I want to wish you a warm and beautiful time celebrating the abundance of nature and the importance of community around the table or wherever you find yourself. It's also a time for me to acknowledge my profound sense of gratitude for each of you, members and supporters of Slow Flowers, as well as flower lovers around the world who join us each week. Thank you for being part of the Slow Flowers community as we build a progressive floral marketplace that supports domestic and floral agriculture in our own backyards. I want to encourage you to visit the Slow Flowers Summit site to learn more about the amazing program, people, and flowers you'll engage with next summer, July 1st and 2nd, 2019, in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's not too early to save the date and secure your seat. Slow Flowers members receive special discount pricing, and everyone receives $100 off with the early bird rate on sale now at slowflowerssummit.com. 
We have a vital and vibrant community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement as our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry. The momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and I invite you to show your thanks with the donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 382,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. And thank you to our Slow Flowers podcast sponsors, including Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of passionate family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing bigger, better peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Mayash Wholesale Florist, family-owned since 1978, Mayash is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., And we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org and the Team Flower Conference, a professional floral event where flower lovers from all over the world gather for networking, learning, and celebration. It's a special time for the floral industry to come together, and whether you're a farmer, designer, wholesaler, or just love flowers, you're invited to attend as Team Flowers dreams big for the industry's future. Head to teamflower.org slowflowers to learn more about the 2019 conference in Waco, Texas. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. 
The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Prenland. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.